0: Welcome to the Boater's Lounge, a podcast series brought to you by Oasis Marinas. Allie and Andy here as we bring on industry partners, marine experts, teammates, and friends to talk about the boating industry and the community at large. And today we have a super exciting guest with us to talk about the biggest topic of conversation this week and each August in the sport fishing community, the White Marlin Open. Madeline Motzko, White Marlin Open Tournament Director, is here, and I can't wait to kick this off. Welcome to the Boater's Lounge, Madeline. Thanks
1: for having me. So this tournament is to sport fishing, what the Tour de France is to cycling, which just ended recently, and I'm a big fan of that. Um, it started in 1974. It's just kind of a local event. and only had, I think, 57 mm-hmm. boats and only $20,000 in prize money. And last year it was $8.6 in prize money and over 400 boats. So I think it's been successful over the last few years. I spent my summers in Ocean City growing up. In college, I was in, I was down yeah. there, and I worked down there, so I'd always try to get down to see the weigh-ins and see if another record was broken <laughs> this year. Um, it was always just a, a great part of my summer. How about you, Allie?
0: Yeah, no, it's incredible, the atmosphere and excitement. Like, you can't compare it to anything else. I've been the last two years since I've lived in Maryland, and you really just can't even describe it. It's so cool. mm <laughs> Madeline, you're obviously directing the entire production, but if you could be impartial for a second, what's one thing you think really makes your event stand out?
2: I think there's a few things that make us special. I Well, probably three things.
0: So my dad
2: started this tournament in 1974 with the idea that he was going to start an event that he could win and win money in and then just keep fishing. And this was like his employment plan. (laughs) Start an event
1: that he knew he could win. That's a good idea.
2: Genius. Yep. Yep. So, and then, and then he could use those winnings to, you know, then fish in other things. And that way he could do something that he loved for a living. So I think what's one thing that's really special about us is we are still a small family business. We're the largest bill fishing tournament in the world, but there's still three of us that run this whole thing and well, and then our children as well. But I think that that makes us really special because we are small and we're family run. We've been able to do, do it just the way we want to do it. We haven't had to compromise, you know, our integrity, our values, our vision for any of this at any point along the way, um, because we've kept it. A small family business. So we're really proud of that. I think another thing that sets us apart is it's an open, right? So literally anybody can win. And my dad has always said that fishing is the great equalizer. Fish, The fish don't care if you're a man, if you're a woman, what race you are, how much money you have. It doesn't make any difference. And I think the thing that's neat about us is we have had first-time anglers win. We've had firemen win. We've had Our local math teacher has won twice. We've had Fortune 500 CEOs win, like everybody across the board. And I think that's that's what's really special about our format is that um, while we do offer prizes and cash prizes for total number of points, so amount of fish caught, um, which tends to uh, be more beneficial to the more professional teams, you know, it... It definitely takes skill, but it also takes a lot of luck to catch the heaviest, and that
0: evens the playing field. Yeah. And I know you just touched on it, the largest and richest billfish tournament in the world, which is mm-hmm. incredible. And I mean, it shocked me just hearing that this is that huge of an event and is still family-run. Your dad's a genius for starting something <laughs> and then winning it and continue to fund yeah. it and fund his fishing addiction. That's awesome well he
2: didn't actually the 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 idea of winning it and keeping that going never happened although he did win a a a small amount of money one year for like a third place dolphin but it's funny because it evolved into this event which is not what he had originally intended or you know saw it being and I think after I think after the third year, um, they didn't have to borrow money from the bank to pay out the prize anymore. And then he was like, okay, maybe this has some legs yeah. to it. And it kind of evolved into this thing, which um, nobody ever thought would happen. And uh, it's neat now for, you know, 50 years for yeah. us to be in
0: this position. And you basically grew up, you know, going to these tournaments, seeing it live in action. What, what was that like? <laughs> um, I've never known so the the tournament is older than my sister
2: and myself and neither one of us have ever known a summer that doesn't revolve around the White Marlin Open. Mm-hmm. Like what does that even mean to have a summer that you can relax and go to the beach and enjoy things? Like that's so foreign to us. But it, as we've grown up, it's been neat to see how what the event means to the town of Ocean City, what the event means to people. You know, we have people tell us all the time, this is our a bucket list thing for us, mm-hmm. or we plan our vacation every year around coming so we can watch the fish be weighed. So, th- you know, it's neat. Um, growing up in it, it's been different. You know, I remember when I was younger and you would have people in school, well, what does your dad do for a living? I'm like, well, we run a fishing tournament. And well, what do you mean you run a fishing tournament? Like, that's weird. So, It's definitely interesting, um, but it's been really neat. It's given my sister and I both the opportunity to have children and be able to stay home with them Um, because even though we work like crazy, we have a little bit of control over when we're doing that. So that's been a really uh, positive thing for both of us. And it's neat. It's turned into the family legacy. So it's, it's really neat and special to be able to work on it and keep that going.
1: So at one point did you take over and, and decide that this was your calling was to be the director?
2: I don't really know if I ever decided that it was my calling. I think it was just as I got out of college and I worked you know, outside of the White Marlin Open for several years and obviously still helped, but not like in a full-time capacity. And then just as my sister got older and I got older, we both kind of realized like this is really big and dad needs more than just help that week. Right. Right. Like we just, so it was just kind of this natural progression where, um, as the business started to change, as technology changed, um, you know, as we had to change along with it, Mm -hmm. it was just kind of natural that my sister and I would step into that role. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think it was a conscious decision and I'm not really sure we had much of a choice to be honest. (laughs) It was just kind of, okay, this is what we're doing now.
1: (laughs) So what is your role exactly? I mean, there's a lot that goes into putting on a tournament and it takes the whole Mm -hmm. year to prepare for Mm -hmm. it. So what are some of your responsibilities? What are your biggest priorities?
2: Well, I think our biggest priority every year is try to put on an event Not only the general public lobs, but that the participants want to keep coming back to, that they are excited to fish, that they have, you know, all of the confidence in the world that we're going to put on a world-class event and that it's going to be done well. So, you know, that's always our main priority. So we listen a lot. We get feedback from our anglers after each event and see, you know, what would you like to see changed? You know, what are some things that you think we could work on or that kind of thing? So I think that's our biggest priority. But again, really, uh, you know, my dad is still working. He's 76, so he's getting older. Um, My sister and I have taken over the majority of things. And I I can't even say what our biggest priority and what our responsibilities are because it's just, it's literally everything. So from marketing, you know, website, computer programming changes, registering boats, merchandising, I mean, like you name it. And we do
0: it Wow. Yeah. on
2: your team. And I'm like, well, <laughs> our team is just us and nobody can ever believe that. And then, you know, of course we have great support staff during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of the year, it's it, every single aspect of any business. Is, we have our hands on it.
0: Small, but mighty. And, and you control mm-hmm. the product going out there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Tournament week has to be nuts for you mm-hmm. and your team what's your daily schedule like starting Monday, August 7th?
2: Well, you know, our, for us, it really starts our two registration days. We've got Saturday before and Sunday before, and the, people don't know this, the vast majority of boats registered the day before the tournament starts huh. because everyone's watching offshore weather. You know, they want to see how that's going to go. Um, it's also just the camaraderie and it's a great event and they love to go down and see people that they haven't seen in a year and, you know, it's a big party. So Sunday for us is a really big crush because we'll have over 200 boats register, um, you know, in that one day, which is a lot. Yeah. So, Sunday's crazy for us. And then starting on Monday morning, it's, You know, dealing with boats, submitting their lay days and determining how many boats are fishing that day. That's one of the first things we do. Fielding phone calls. I mean, we still man the phone ourselves and the email ourselves, which is crazy. So all of those questions that people have, participants or just the general public, dealing with whatever crisis there is, which there's always something, you know, all those things. And then around three o'clock, we head up to Harbor Island to the scales Mm -hmm. where we are on the docks. Um, we do all of our scoring live. So we're inputting scoring, calculating estimated prize money, making sure all of that is going live, you know, as much as in real time as we can. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a five day event. Just- it is. Right. So you guys are out there starting four, 5 a.m. right when the boats are going yep. out.
2: Yep. It's a crush. It's mm-hmm. a long, we, we've got a long stretch of 20 hour days. It's funny because my dad used to always say, oh, every year it gets harder. It just gets harder. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'm in my 20s. It's fine. (laughs) And now as I get older, I'm like, jeez, every year this gets harder and harder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And there's also a lot just going around, like, in Ocean City this whole week. And it's the 50th anniversary this year. Uh, We know you've been working on this year's event since the day after last year's event in 2022. Yep. Can you let us in on some of the fun items you have in store to make this year's tournament so special?
2: Yep. So this year we added in um, an anniversary Calcutta. So it's our $50,000 Calcutta for those of, People that don't know, we we call them added entry levels, also known as Calcutta's. They're basically like individual betting pools um, that people can get into. It's all optional, so you can get into one or all 30. You can pick and choose. So we added one this year for a $50,000 entry fee for our 50th anniversary, and that's a white, awesome. heaviest white Marlin winner take all. So we're excited about that one. We think that might help to get our prize money, hopefully over $10 million this year, which would be really incredible Uh, we have our second annual marlin fest going on down at the inlet which is kind of like our our fan festival you know you can be at harbor island at the weigh-ins but we started marlin fest and you can watch all the boats coming back in through the inlet which is really beautiful to watch we have our live stream of the weigh-ins on a big screen on the beach there's cornhole there's beach tennis food drinks vendors live music Really fun atmosphere. Uh, So we have got that going on and we're in the process of putting together a uh, 50th anniversary coffee table book on the history of the White Marlin Open that has become a labor of love over the winter. My sister has spearheaded that and uh, has really taken on. That's a huge project. So we have that will be available for pre order next week and then uh, we'll ship out hopefully around Christmas. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I can (laughs) personally attest Marlin Fest is so fun. It's awesome Mm -hmm. to watch those boats come in and kind of follow them back to Harbor Island uh, Mm -hmm. for the scales. I did just learn about your partnership with Ocean City Reef Foundation. Can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that? Yes. So
2: Ocean City Reef Foundation was started by a man named Monty Hawkins, who is a local uh, headboat captain. My family has known him. My dad's known him for eons. Um, Really wonderful guy. And he has made it his mission to build artificial reefs off the coast of Ocean City in order to bring more of the bait fish closer so that the marlin come back closer where they used to be in the 60s You know, they were much closer to shore than what they are now. And um, that's been his goal. And he is an incredible human being and has has just spearheaded these huge projects just because, you know, with volunteers, because he's great and people believe in the mission and want to help out. So this year, Marlin Fest is partnering with them. And we're really excited to be able to help support them and help raise awareness for the Ocean City Reef Foundation. Yeah,
0: You think about... These huge, massive fish coming in every day of your tournament. I'd love if you could talk a little bit about how the WMO is remarkably handling all of this fish that's caught and the good that's being done at the completion of the tournament. Sure. So I
2: think it's important to point out that while, yes, we bring a lot of fish into the scales that are weighed, Over 98% of all the billfish, so white, marlin, blue, marlin, sealfish that are caught are released in our tournament. Mm -hmm. So you see fish coming in and getting weighed, but what people don't see is that you know all the other fish that are out there that are being released, which is so important for conservation. And the fish that are brought into the docks, almost all of our anglers graciously donate them. So we work with a local company called Catch and Carry, and they clean the fish, they portion them, they cryovac it all, and then it's donated the Maryland Food Bank. So the White Marlin Open is actually the biggest supplier of protein for the entire state of Maryland for the food bank, which is so great because there's literally there's no waste. And right. I, and it's it's high quality protein, right? I mean it's tuna steaks that are, you know, it's really great stuff that we're donating. The anglers feel good about it. We feel good about it and it's just helpful for the community and um, I believe 100% of it stays in the local food pantries right here on the eastern shore.
0: I
1: did not yep. know that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So when the boats catch and release their fish and don't bring them back to the scales, is that where the mm-hmm. flags come in to play? Yes.
2: Yep. So the flags, a white marlin flag, for example, it's a blue flag with a white marlin on it. And when you see a boat coming in, if that flag is upside down, that marlin's upside down, that means they released it. If it's right side up, it means it's boated.
0: Oh, that's, yeah, I thought it was the opposite. So I was, like, last year I was watching all the boats come in,
2: and I was like, oh, my, they have, like, ten. Oh, they've got ten fish yeah. away. No, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good. Good clarification. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> what has been your favorite part of directing the tournament? That's a hard question. I think that being
2: able to carry on what is now – our family legacy. You know, my dad has been so closely associated with the event since the beginning, since he's, he's started it. And, um, I mean, he can travel anywhere in the world to a fishing destination and there's somebody that knows him. (sighs) And to be able to carry that legacy on, I think is really neat. And, um, my sister and I are passing that along to our children. As they get older, um, they again have no option they've been helping since they were <laughs> old enough to be able to help. So I think that that's really special. Um, Cause it's not just a business. It's, it's neat that we were able, my sister and I were able to help build this into what it's become and that we get to carry that on. Yeah.
1: And this is a very high stakes tournament, right? I mean, I feel like there's been a lot of years where there's some kind of controversy or something unexpected that happens. What's, what's something that you remember over the last few years that was that really shocked you?
0: That
2: shocked me? Well, I hate to say very little shocks (laughs) me (laughs) anymore. I think what shocks me is that if we have a year where there's nothing like that, then that's shocking,
0: Mm -hmm. right? Um, like a totally vanilla year.
2: Exactly. Yes. Because there's always going to be something when you've got, you know, that kind of money on the line, that many participants, um, you know, there's just bound to be little things that happen here and there. But, you know, I think we're able to handle those in professional manner, and I think our participants trust us to make decisions that preserve the integrity of the event. Yeah, I would say shocking is that when there's no nothing, (laughs) no controversy.
0: (laughs) What about that year where it was just one, the Blue Marlin was brought in, and it was over 800 pounds, but there was just one brought in?
2: We've had that a lot. So, you know, we don't get a lot of blue marlin Wade to begin with. So if we get a year where we have three blue marlin, that's really crazy. Last year, fishing in general was really slow. I think we had over 100 fish caught in the whole event where the year before that, it was like 1,200 fish. So, um, you know, there's, that was an interesting, that was an interesting year too last year Mm -hmm. when they were just like two miles beyond the boundary line that people are, are allowed to fish.
1: And I guess some people may not understand this. And I know that you could catch a fish, but you can only keep one, right? And and then you have to... Mm -hmm.
2: No, that is not true. So there are no what are called bag limits on white marlin. Uh, It gets a little complicated if you have tuna to weigh and billfish to weigh. There's some federal regulations that they, you know, you have to navigate. But, um, again, you know, all of our participants are aware of those. But, no, I mean, you could technically come in and weigh as many as you want to.
1: I always thought you had to, like, pick your biggest one. And if it was not quite big enough, you'd be like, okay,
2: oh, let it go and try again. Yeah. Nope. You can weigh as many as you want. A lot of times we'll have a tuna, you know, a boat will catch four or five yellow thin tuna and they'll come to weigh them all. And they start with the smallest, mm-hmm. you know, and then they're like, we're saving the best ones for last. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> so this is the first year that the tournament joins the sport fishing billfish championship series. So what does that, mm-hmm. what does that mean for the tournament?
2: I think the bigger question is what it means for the sport of sport fishing. Mm. So, you know, I grew up in this, we're on the East coast. It's, you know, a lot of people know about it and obviously on the West coast, but there's a huge part of the segment of, you know, the United States and the world that aren't, that aren't familiar with sport fishing. And, you know, in order to keep the sport going, it has to be passed down. There have to be new people trying it and sport fishing championship really highlights catch and release bill fishing, um, and with their media partners is able to bring that and make it accessible to people all over the country and all over the world. So you can be sitting in, you know, your living room in Kansas and you can turn on CBS sports and you can watch people catching billfish, which is really neat because there's been some local things that have, that have showcased billfishing, but never on a national level like this. So we're really excited about how it'll help the sport as a whole. And then of course, you know, always neat for us to be able to be featured on national television as well. And, and they're a really great partner, very conservation minded. They work really closely with a lot of local charities where um, their tournaments are their partner tournaments. So we're really excited for the partnership with them.
1: And the world of sport fishing has really changed significantly over the last few years. I mean, the boats are getting bigger and the technology is getting even better Mm -hmm. Uh, what's the biggest evolution that you've seen when it comes to the sport fishing industry?
2: Well, it's funny because if you ask my dad that, he would have a different answer because he's seen it all the way back since he was doing it in the 60s. So my, my scope of that is a, a little bit smaller. Um, you know, I think it would be improvements in electronics. So there's new sonar methods that help people find large groups of fish and things like that, that are um, somewhat, I don't want to say controversial, but people have different feelings on them as far as how helpful they can be uh, in tournament situations. You know, you can't stop technology back when, you know, the Loran came out, that was the big thing. And then it was like, oh my gosh, Garmin and GPS. And then that was the big thing. And now it's the sonars and those Mm -hmm. are the big things. So there's always going to be something else. And I think technology is changing so quickly, you know, just as quickly in the sport fishing industry as it is just in
0: in the world in general. Yeah. Now before we close out, the 50th annual White Marlin Open, about how many boats do you have this year? How many are you thinking are going to come in? before monday so last
2: year we had 408 boats, and um we always say if we have one more than last year that we will be super jazzed (laughs) so we're planning for 450 that's always you know but again so much depends on the offshore weather forecast so you know come august 7th we'll see what that forecast looks like and where we're headed but we're definitely expecting
0: a successful event yeah fishing has been up recently better than last year already so yeah, should definitely be a good year. All right. Well, thank mm-hmm. you, Madeline. We know this is the busiest part of your year. So we appreciate your time with us. For those who are mm-hmm. local, get out to the 50th annual White Marlin Open in Ocean City, Maryland, starting this Monday, August 7th. If you can't make it, they have the, the live stream up. So visit the Marlin Cam at whitemarlinopen.com slash Marlin Cam. Before we let you go, you know, we have our lightning round and this time with a White Marlin Open twist. Andy
1: okay so three questions for you rapid fire well well you can take your time (laughs) okay all right of all the boat names that you've seen in the tournament over the years what's your favorite boat name
2: oh there's a lot of them um there's a boat called tenacity which i really like i think i know that one really yeah i I just love that um hold my beer is another really fun one that i Mm -hmm. like (laughs)
1: I assume you do some fishing on your own. What's the biggest fish you've ever caught?
2: Well, this will probably surprise you. I get terribly seasick, so my oh. fishing is done oh. off of a dock. So probably like a twenty-one-inch flounder is oh. probably the biggest <laughs> fish that I've ever caught. So no. you don't even go, you don't even
1: get a chance to go out on the boats that that much.
2: No, I've tried it um, as as a young kid, and I've tried every method known to man um to not get seasick. It just does not work for me. My sister does a lot of offshore fishing.
0: Okay. Well at least someone yeah. One yeah. of you, one of you getting out there. Does.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. And what is your favorite restaurant and or bar in Ocean City?
2: Oh, so my favorite restaurant, I would probably say food wise, I think liquid uh liquid assets is really hard to beat. I think they've got the best food. And as far as bar goes, um I gotta say, my dad's gonna be horrified when he hears this. But the Harbor Inn, also known as the Bloody Bucket, oh. oldest bar in Ocean City. It was the one that when my sister and I turned 21, my dad said, "Just don't go to the Bloody Bucket." <laughs> <laughs> so that's a fun one to go to.
1: <laughs> I was in Ocean City when I turned 21 because I went to Salisbury and then I lived down. I had a place every summer at the beach. And I, at okay. Open. I was up on. I was up near Liquid Assets. I was on a hundredth something Street Ooh. a few times.
0: I'll have to head. over. Lots away. of
2: great places to choose from. That's for sure. Tons.
0: Well, thank you so much. I know. <laughs> thank you. are yeah,
1: very busy, busy right now. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Good <laughs> this luck. Is actually a
2: nice break.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good. We also spoke to a white Marlin open participant on why he loves this tournament and why he's excited to get back at it this year. Take a listen. You know, it's something that I I looked at as a little kid and was always excited about. And now it's that we kind of have a team together. Uh, we've always stuck together. And it's the camaraderie of being, uh, I guess, like out in the ocean. And, you know, you're part of the world's largest and most expensive goldfish tournament. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of exhilarating in that aspect. But truly, like. The reason that I get up and go fishing every day, and I roll out of bed at 3 a.m., and I, we're dragged to the boat, and we run 60, 70, 80 miles in the water, like, that's my happy place, like, where you could disconnect from all of it. You're, mm-hmm. like, you're out in the ocean, you're one with the ocean, and that's just, like, that brings me solitude. So that's why I do it. You know, you can't ignore the fact that you yeah. <laughs> I want to win a couple million dollars. Thank you for joining us in the Boaters Lounge today. I hope you enjoyed this chat and episode with Mal and Matsko the White Marlin Open Tournament Director. Next week, starting Monday, August 7th, the 50th annual White Marlin Open, presented by Pure Lore, will begin in Ocean City, Maryland. Be sure to get there if you can. You will not be disappointed. This event is absolutely incredible. And be sure to hit up Marlin Fest at the Inlet. To learn more about this year's tournament, go to whitemarlinopen.com or follow Madeline and team on social media at whitemarlinopen. Tune in each week for more from Oasis Marinas, including interviews with company leaders and team members, discussions with our partners and industry friends, voters tips, tricks, and more. If you're a fan of the show, follow us on social media and throw us a like at Oasis Marinas on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If there's a guest or topic you'd like us to feature, let me know. Email me at marketing at oasismarinas.com. In the meantime, keep the throttle down and sales tight. So, so long. at it this year. Take a listen.